You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Wednesday, July 13th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we're talking about the U.S. House Committee has already uncovered a more organized and sinister plot than many imagined, but history suggests the worst may be yet to come. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. The House committee investigating the January 6th attack never exactly promised a quiet summer, but at the start of its hearings a month ago, it certainly seemed like it might be a quieter summer. Many of what were anticipated to be the biggest revelations seemed to have leaked out before the hearings began, and the six to eight scheduled public hearings, each aimed at only about two hours, seemed to telegraph modest ambitions, especially in comparison to the 1973 Watergate hearings that stretched for 237 hours, or even the far less consequential 2015 Republican-led Benghazi hearings, where Hillary Clinton alone testified publicly for 11 hours. But then the hearings actually started, an emotional, intense multimedia roller coaster exquisitely produced by former ABC News executive James Goldston to mimic the best of a prestige TV series, where each episode reveals deeper twists and turns and ever more corruption and outrage. Representative Liz Cheney and surprise witness Cassidy Hutchinson, an aide to former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, instead emerged as the summer's biggest breakout TV stars. The testimony so far has proven far more compelling, damning, and reputationally damaging to former President Trump than almost anyone imagined. The committee evidently has the goods and understands how to package them for maximum effect. Now the committee is preparing to return from a brief summer break with two more hearings this week, one Tuesday and then, on Thursday, its second primetime evening hearing. For 18 months, the TikTok of the Trump administration's chaotic buildup to January 6 has trickled out in news reports, documentaries, and government documents, giving the public a sense of its misdeeds and damage to American democracy. But the events had seemed akin to what the country and the world had lived throughout his four years as president, a disordered and noisy series of imprudent and haphazard pronouncements, ill-considered tweets, hasty policy choices, and reckless bluster. Now the country can see otherwise— There was a method in Trump's madness. The events across the 10 weeks from early November to January 6th were far more organized and sinister than previously known. Most importantly, the evidence of crimes and criminality has proved inescapable. 
In fact, it seems there was a lot of crime in the days and weeks leading up to the riot at the Capitol on January 6. And Trump's aides seemed to clearly understand they were headed toward a criminal reckoning. As Hutchinson recounted White House counsel Pat Cipollone telling her, we're going to get charged with every crime imaginable if we let the president go to the Capitol on 1-6. January 6 wasn't a spontaneous riot. It was the final attempt at a coup that had failed in every step until then. Altogether, the committee had painted a far more organized and coherent picture of the administration's efforts than anyone imagined existed. The hearings have revealed a seven-part coordinated effort by the Trump White House and the president personally to weaponize every public, political, and governmental tool at his disposal to hold on to power in the face of a clear and convincing electoral loss. He and a small cadre of loyal aides tried to undermine the legitimacy of Joe Biden's victory, encouraged states to overturn valid election results, tried to install election-doubting loyalists at the Justice Department, encouraged applied consistent pressure to Vice President Mike Pence to step outside his constitutional role and reject the Electoral College certification, and then, when literally all else failed, he encouraged his supporters to the Capitol and then stood by without action while they rampaged through the building and came close to harming Pence and lawmakers. Trump knew what he was doing, was told by aides repeatedly and broadly that it was wrong, and continued his pressure campaign anyway. January 6 wasn't a spontaneous riot. It was the final attempt at a coup that had failed in every step until then. And the fact that so many of the participants, from members of Congress to, according to Hutchinson, White House Chief Mark Meadows himself apparently sought presidential pardons for their actions in the Trump administration's final days, make clear there was what prosecutors call mens rea, a guilty mind. In the 18 months since the events at the Capitol, the Justice Department has brought charges against more than 800 people involved in the riots at the Capitol, including eye-opening charges of seditious conspiracy against some of the white nationalist militia members, like the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, who should figure prominently at this week's congressional hearings. Precisely none of those yet charged have been within Trump's inner circle. That may change soon, and American democracy, in fact, might very well hinge on whether it does. While the chairman, Representative Benny Thompson, and Vice Chair Cheney maintain that their purpose is only to deliver a comprehensive accounting of the events around January 6, the outlines of a whole series of criminal actions are now evident. The technical crimes may feel somewhat obscure, wire fraud, theft of honest services, defrauding the United States, obstruction of justice, obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress, but the fact pattern seems ever more clear. Moreover, the hearing that focused on the White House pressuring Georgia election officials renewed attention to the possibility that even if the U.S. Justice Department fails to act, Georgia state prosecutors might very well decide Donald Trump committed electoral crimes there. The biggest shift in the national landscape from the January 6th committee, though, still seems likely to be ahead of us. There is a growing sense that the blockbuster nature of the hearings is itself compelling further cooperation and testimony. It's worth remembering, too, how much the political and factual landscape can change during hearings like this. The biggest revelation of the Watergate hearings that Nixon had installed a taping system in the White House that would have captured all the key conversations of the conspiracy and cover-up didn't emerge until mid-July 1973, weeks into the hearings by Senator Sam Irvin's Watergate Select Committee. Perhaps similarly, there is a growing sense that the blockbuster nature of the January 6 hearings and the damaging testimony elicited thus far is itself compelling further cooperation in testimony. For example, Hutchinson, who had long been represented by a Trump-paid attorney, changed counsel midstream and began cooperating. 
Friday, Cipollone, who had long resisted testifying, met with committee investigators for nearly eight hours, and the Justice Department announced in a court filing Monday that one of Trump's attorneys had interviewed with the FBI as part of Steve Bannon's related criminal contempt process, testimony that could have wide-ranging implications and itself spur further targets to cooperate. As part of that filing, the Justice Department rejected Bannon's weekend public change of heart that he was willing to cooperate with the committee as insincere, saying, The only thing that has really changed since he refused to comply with this subpoena in October 2021 is that he is finally about to face the consequences of his decision to default. Prosecutors understand this phenomenon well. As evidence of crimes mount, cooperation among the conspirators often spreads. Conspiracies crumble as testimony mounts and personal legal and criminal jeopardy climbs. John Dean, the former White House counsel who originally helped architect the Watergate cover-up before turning state's witness, became a star witness only after he realized how much and how clearly he'd participated in the obstruction of justice. Other Trump aides seem to be listening on the January 6 hearings and making their own calculations as the January 6 committee reconvenes this week for two more hearings. Surely, many of them will be uncomfortable with what they hear in the hours and days ahead. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, tech companies will cover abortion travel, but not for all workers. Checking in on Wired Science, abortion pills may force states and the FDA into a standoff. And on Wired Security, Russian hacktivists are causing trouble far beyond Ukraine. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.